time for the October 15th, 2021 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, an interpretive guide to the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting from the campus of the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And, as always, William Shatner's spirit animal, <laughs> Mahler, the fake <laughs> news dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go get him. You hear about that William Shatner thing? I didn't know anything about it until after the fact. I didn't yeah. know about him being chosen. I didn't know he really? was. Yeah, I didn't know any of it. And then I see him, you know, his his thank you Jeff Bezos moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he, he was, yeah, he's an old guy. 90. He's older than me. <laughs> and and he was very uh, philosophical yeah. about his yeah. trip into space. Humbled, I would yeah, say, in humbled. a way. And, yeah. you know, I guess we all would be. Yeah. Although, you know what? I've seen it in the movies. <laughs> so, and but what I didn't like, you know, I you say what you want. I'm happy for William Shatner. But did you really have to squeeze just Bezos and say, if not for you, Jeff? I know. If you not, made this all happen, Jeff. It not, if not for your $500 billion worth of money and yeah. wealth and power. And do we really need to sh yeah. send B-list actors <laughs> up into space and get awed by it? Come on. Well, let's. I'm not defending William Shatner, but he does hold a particular unique uh, sort of place in schlock. You mean American culture? Schlock. Well, well most of American yeah. culture I, is I would schlock. Put him in the schlock bin. Well, okay, let's. No, no, no. Miles Davis is not schlock. I said most. I didn't say all. Yeah. Well, most. Aaron Copeland is schlock. Okay. Well, come on. With okay, let me let me reframe it then. Yeah. Within the culture of network television. So we're going to just send network TV I'm just stars saying, into space? but for a lot of people who love Star, Star Trek. Come on. Then, right. Come on. All right. Well, yeah. He's he's an icon of stupidity, really. <laughs> well, and also, in my opinion, the worst version of the Star Trek saga, if you will, was his over-the-top hammy kind of yeah. histrionics I, I, as, an, as an actor. I, I have a an affection for William Shatner. But he's kind of a doofus. <laughs> and I, I think spending a lot of money sending these folks into space is a waste. Yeah. The amount of fuel that it takes, the pollution that it causes yeah. is is not worth it. He did say one thing that I think bears repeating. Well, so and it's worth it then, huh? Well, I do. No, I'm not saying it's worth it. I'm just he saying said. he said one thing during his, during <laughs> okay, his bro ahead. fest with, with uh, Bezos, yeah. which is he was shocked, remarked about how thin the layer between outer space and the earth is yeah and if that brings some attention to the fact that we're destroying that yeah. thin little layer we're of doomed. protection if it takes i know you know, I know, I know a clunker like shatner that to convince people that we're in peril here on planet earth we're doomed <laughs> well i think we are yeah today we'll be talking about bird songs olympic lies low-hanging fruit the Magic Kingdom's caste system, the second genesis, golf guzzlers, <laughs> and more. Okay. But first, yeah. from the Washington Post, okay. Korean Central News Agency. Oh, I don't go a day without yeah, checking right. that out. That would be North Korea's state media. Mm -hmm. 
released footage of Kim Jong-un smiling and clapping as bare-chested soldiers frolicked and beat on each other at an exhibition showcasing the antics of North Korean troops as well as their big weapons. Well. Did you see that? No, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. The video footage showed uniformed soldiers striking their bare-chested colleagues with wooden posts and using a mallet to break slabs of concrete placed on soldiers' stomachs. Wow. Yeah. They were doing that old... Remember, the Christian Broadcasting Network was doing stuff, stuff like that about yeah. five, six years ago. Yeah. They were, like, beating on each other for Jesus. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. They, they'd be in, like, a parking lot, and a bunch of guys would be just start body-slamming each other. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I remember this. And, and they were... They were Breaking bricks with their heads. Yes, and showing the, yeah. the power of Jesus. <laughs> That's what it was. It was all about the power yeah, of Jesus. I do recall <laughs> yes, after the Sermon on the Mount, I think uh, <laughs> Jesus broke a stone tablet yeah. over his head. Well, yeah. We, yeah. yeah. Right. It was amazing. It was. It yeah. was quite something. And then he did that, you know, that big, uh, <laughs> the that big He Man <laughs> pose. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, I believe he said to the Pharisees, You want some of this? Yeah. You want yeah. some of this? Yeah. yeah. And then. Uh, uh, other Korean troops had bricks smashed over their heads. This is this is all very, yeah. very uh, a fine show. One particularly hilarious sequence showed a shirtless soldier breaking out of chains and lying on broken glass before a slab of concrete was placed on his stomach and smashed. <laughs> I guess that's the thing. I think is a yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. I th really, I think that Freud might have something to say about this, but I really think Freud. The, yeah, yeah, Freud. I think Freud might have something to say about this, but I think really what they needed was most extreme elimination. Yeah. Those two guys, Kenny Blankenship and Maybe. the other. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. That would have been fun. I think yeah. that would have been a lot of fun for him. Yeah. Uh... The videos were part of a self-defense exhibition where North Korea showcased a version of the hypersonic weapon allegedly tested last month. They had this so hypersonic, me, okay. whatever hypersonic, hypersonic means. You know. yeah. I mean, it's just a it, fancy word. It goes really fast. Really fast. Yeah. Faster than sound. Hyperfast. Yeah. Analysts have expressed doubts over the weapon's capabilities. But, you know. But no one we'll can doubt the the uh, the fun all male <laughs> experience of those guys with sledgehammers and poking each other with sticks. Yeah. 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 Oh God. Please help us. In a speech at the event, Kim said he was building an invincible military to counter US running dog capitalist hostility. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what? what? I'm kind of spent after that story. Yeah, Let's call it a day. Uh, from the Los Angeles Times, or Los Angeles Times op-ed. I said the. I don't like to say the. The Los Angeles Times, because it said repeat. Yeah. It's like saying the La Brea Tar Pits, which is even worse, <laughs> because it's the, the Tartar Pits. <laughs> That's what it means. From a Los Angeles Times op-ed by Nina Krauss, a neuroscientist and a professor of neurobiology, she is, communication sciences and otolerology at Northwestern University. Okay. Yeah. All right. At the end of September 22nd, animals and one plant officially joined the growing list of extinct species with most of the extinctions due to human behavior. We've been screwing things up for plants and animals, including sound pollution, 
we just put out too much sound out we there. Do. We do. Or what we like to call noise. Or what some have Bring called. Bring it on, Molly. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's, come on. Speaking of noise. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Wait. Oh, there, okay. we yeah, there we go. Yeah. 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 That's good noise. He's driving away all the plants right now. <laughs> I, I see the plants here cowering. Human-created noise has forced a variety of species of animals around the world to alter their behaviors. You know that? Yeah, no, I did no? not. No. Oh, yes, you did. No. We've been talking about it for the last 20 years. Well, well our effect on animals, yeah. yeah. But yeah. in our auditory effect, I hadn't really... Really? I don't think... Oh. We, I don't, maybe I... Which holds maybe consequences I... for mating and migratory... Uh, which pretty much affects their continued existence. Right. Yeah. Right. While the human world temporarily became quiet in the early weeks of COVID-19, the sound of the natural world became more complex. No. Yes, it did. Birds increased their intricacy of their songs, realizing perhaps that the hard work they put into their compositions would not be wasted. I don't know if they realized that, but maybe they could just hear them better. Maybe they got good feedback uh, because... There was no human din around. That's right. Birds also shifted the pitch of their songs downward to fill the vacant pitch space once filled by with traffic noise. Yes. I think that's fascinating. I do too. That they changed their pitch down when when they felt that the uh, the acoustics were right. You yeah. know, when they when the open spot was there. They're like little musicians. Please don't think I'm making this up because I'm not. Yeah. I remember again a year and a year ago, let's say, yeah. going for walks with my dog, yeah. and how quiet it was. And yeah. I remember hearing birds that I had not. I it was distinctive, and much, much more present than I was hearing these birds. Yeah. And you're right; there was a lot less traffic on the, on the highway, and all the rest of yeah. it. So I, I have a personal connection to this. I do remember this. Yep. You know what? They didn't get louder. The birds did not get louder. They actually reduced their volume. During the, uh, the pandemic, they reduced the volume of their songs because they, I guess they didn't have the competition out there with all our crap. Yet their pitch shifted. Now sophisticated and now softer songs tra doubled the distance. They traveled wow. further because of us. Wow. Communication between birds is crucial to their survival. It's used in defending their territory and especially in mating. Nina Krauss goes on to say that in the plant kingdom, in the plant kingdom, sounds can affect plants' growth and their resistance to pests. Certain flowers release their pollen only when the preferred species of bee buzzes at its characteristic pitch. Plant roots like to make their way into water pipes underground, often using sound to find their way there. Uh, uh, when peas are grown in forked pots, you can imagine a pot with two different ways to go for the roots. The roots can either grow to the left or the right, playing an audio recording of water in one branch of the fork reliably induces the plant to send its roots in the direction of the sound, even though there's no water down there. So it's hearing, the plant is, or sensing somehow, that there's something that sounds like water in a certain direction. So they move in that direction, and with all our noise, it makes it more difficult. So the moral here? Well. As humans go back to their normal amount of shared activity, they need to shut the truck up. Yeah. yeah. 
there is a lot of study. I saw <clears throat> I saw a documentary about called The Hidden Life of Trees and how trees support each other. Uh-huh. They create a, a, a bit of a community in which they flourish. Even with dead trees, they will use them for a lot of different purposes and they communicate with one another. Well, they also kill each other. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to let you. I mean, no, it's, not, not, it's not all happy. No, you know? but but there is. Well, well, to your point, there's a connection yeah. between trees that yeah. heretofore, as far as I know, is it's a new field, as yeah. far as I know. Um, and also, whales can send a sound thousands of miles yeah. into the in, across the ocean. Yeah. Communicate with other whales. You think thousands of miles away? What are they doing? They're talking to each other. Letting each other know that, uh, I don't know, Jimmy just got married? I don't know. I mean, I, Jimmy just got <laughs> married. Jeez. Maybe they're just having fun. Yeah. Well, they have detected their signals. Did you see thousands. Max Scherzer last night when he won the game? He took his shirt off. He took his shirt yeah, off I think and he, he North, screamed. And he screamed. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what well, the whales are doing. Well, or maybe he's North Korean. Maybe. But. Yeah. That has nothing to do with okay. this story, does know. it? It, it has something has to do with communication, with I believe. Story. believe it, it has, has something to do. to do with, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if this news fascinates you, may I recommend a donation to KUCI? Because you love us. Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI. 88.9 FM. Yes, Mahler. Now he is with sound pollution again. <laughs> From Grist. We've talked about yeah, Grist I a like lot Grist. here. This is good. Yeah, it's good online magazine. Yeah. The Olympics characterizes itself as building a better world through sports. You know how they always yeah. do that. But it can also be a drag on the environment and human rights. The Olympics is a terrible organization. It, yeah. th- that Olympic committee yeah. is about as corrupt as you can find. Really? I believe so. Yeah. I think it's been documented. Huh. It's bad. Remember that is guy? It like like the mafia? No, remember that? Like um, the Republican Party? What, what was it? Bundridge? Bundridge? Remember Avery Bundage? Avery, yeah. Avery remember Bundage. Bundage or whatever it Avery was. Avery Bondage. <laughs> he was Ivory Bondage. He was one of those. He was down. <laughs> At, uh, well, I can't say the name of the place. <laughs> yeah. I might get in trouble. He was, he was dancing down at that place, as yeah. I recall. Yeah. Ivory Bondage. The Ivory Bondage, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, um, but there have been stories for years and years and years about the corruption within the Olympic Committee, how these different st- cities get their, yeah. get their Olympics, all the money that's going around. This is old, this is old corruption, old Euro trash corruption kind of level yeah, stuff. I say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the combination of increased energy, travel, water, and food demands, coupled with the need for new construction, has provoked environmental disasters connected to recent Olympics, from deforestation in South Korea to air pollution in Beijing and illegal dumping in Russia. Mm-hmm. Now, however, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti believes that his city can sidestep these challenges entirely. Or does he? Ooh, he's not going to be. By the way, he's not going to be in office when this when the shite hits the fan here when yeah. the Olympics are taking place. Or does he? <laughs> yeah, Mahler. There we go. <laughs> Mahler, we rehearsed this, okay? Yeah. yeah, come on. Well, I've given him a chance. Uh, Garcetti says that 
the LA Games, which are to be scheduled, which are scheduled for summer 2028, are expected to cost seven billion dollars, and it will have they will have no impact on the city's environment. Well, not no, but you know he's saying limited. It'll be a that's friendly Olympics. That's what they're saying. That's what oh, they're okay. saying. Right. A no-build Olympics, he's called it. This means the city will be repurposing existing structures, not building new stadiums, in attempts to save money, limit environmental impacts, and prevent longtime Angelinos, you know, people who've lived here forever, from being displaced and outpriced by the increased cost of living near an Olympic Center and all the, you know, the McDonald's and crap that come along with it. Plus, but the no build Olympics is largely BS. Yes. Yeah. In the last five years, three major sports facilities costing upwards of $8.5 billion, all expected to be used during the Olympics, have been approved in the region, and construction has already been completed on two of them. Well, SoFi Stadium. Yeah, SoFi, exactly. Yeah. And then I think the Clippers... I, I know these things. I'm reading this. Oh, I'm right sorry. And, the, and then the Clippers are building uh, a new arena as well. Yeah. Yeah, that would be called Intuit, I think it okay. is. Intuit. Okay. Intuit. Was it into it? I'm into it. Well, that into it. Into it, I believe. So. Hey, uh, what's his name? Balsack? Yeah, name? Steve Balmer. <laughs> Balmer, I thought yeah, it was Balsack. Well, pretty close. <laughs> Steve, close. Steve Balmer can pay me for that one. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, into it. Put that on some of your products. Nathan <laughs> Callahan is into it. I don't. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the facilities have already accelerated air and noise pollution in predominantly black and brown communities and have accompanied skyrocketing rent. Yeah. Yeah. They've already I know. jacked it up with these things. L.A. officials can technically claim no fault for two reasons on this. First, the bulk of this construction has taken place in Inglewood, which is a city uh, stuck right in the middle of two L.A. boundaries. It's not part of L.A. Yeah. And secondly, the stadiums are privately owned. Yeah. SoFi Stadium, Intuit Dome, and the rehauling of uh, the city's transportation system have all increased pollution and negatively impacted local neighborhoods. I really don't know why anyone would want Olympic Games in their city. I really don't. Yeah. It, it's a security I mean, it's, nightmare as well on top of all of the expenses. Well, from the standpoint, I, mean, I can understand people getting excited about the Olympics. Yeah. And what was it, 84 when it was here? Yeah. It was interesting in Irvine. They had several events. Yeah. In fact, uh, they were even training at my community pool. And there was something kind of fun about that. Okay. But we were far away from downtown Los Angeles right. and far away from the really impacted areas. Right. Yeah. Well, again, you know, that's another thing. And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far, but... You know, the Olympic athletes don't really make any money. If you win a gold medal, you get on a box of Wheaties, you make a lot of money. But for the most part, the vast majority of these athletes who have trained for years and years and years make virtually no money. Yeah. And and the sponsors, the people who sell all of the widgets and stuff on TV make lots of money. And I, there's just make so many a lots of money. Lots of money <laughs> for every bondage. It's like fraud activist Alexis Saves told Grist. They're trying to act like they just lucked upon already active construction, but there was no way this wasn't planned. That's right. And That's I right. Agree. And and Inglewood is an unincorporated community, which again leaves it vulnerable to all kinds of political pressure. There's the, the tax base isn't as good as it could be. And so there's a lot of reasons why a community like that would invite this kind of a kind of thing to happen. 
And it, on balance, maybe with the tax revenue coming out of SoFi and into it and all that, it'll help. But oftentimes, it just doesn't matter enough, really. Yeah. From the Atlantic, that's a magazine, mm -hmm. not the ocean. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be tough if things came from the Atlantic. You mean the things I was reading? The, the ocean, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah they all soggy. Well, talk about yeah, they have communicating. With, yeah, the kelp yeah. would be talking. Did you get the flu last year, Mike? Just I, the regular flu? No. You didn't, yeah? No. Well, it turns out we whooped the common flu. Well, I yeah, think so. We did. During the 2021 flu season, the United States recorded only about 2,000 cases of the common flu. That's 17,000 times fewer <laughs> than the 35 million cases it recorded the season before. Yeah. That season, the flu killed 199 children. This past season, so far, we know it's killed only one. The coronavirus itself may have played some role. Infection could produce a general immune response that would also confer protection against the common flu. But most epidemiologists emphasize the importance of the behavioral changes adopted to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Yep. Masking, distancing, remote learning, working from home, limiting indoor social gatherings. Yep. Masks are one of the simplest pandemic times interventions to hold on to. They are the low-hanging fruit because like, unlike shutdowns or restrictions on indoor gatherings, they don't disrupt our daily routines, except they make some people lose their minds. I don't yeah, understand I'm not gonna that. Let, I'm not going to let a fascist like you, Nathan, keep me from getting the flu. Okay. You want the if flu? If you think <laughs> that I'm going to let... Yeah, but you give it to me. You come in here and breathe all over me. Oh. Can I put a sack over your head and well, you beat you with a concrete block? You wouldn't be the first. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In an ideal world, people would mask in crowded indoor spaces during flu season, if not all the time, then at least when case counts are on the rise. If not at all, all the time, then at least when case counts are on the rise. That's what I meant to yeah. say. If that becomes the norm, we would see huge reductions in colds and flus. No question. At the very least, the CDC could recommend that people wear masks when they have flu systems by providing information on how masking in crowded indoor spaces can lower the risk of just common flu infection. Yeah. I want you to say the word symptoms. Okay. Because you're going to want to use it in the edit. Yeah? Yeah. Why? What did I you say? You said systems. Systems? Where did I say that? You said flu. Oh, yeah. Flu symptoms. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not going to edit. <laughs> you're not okay. No, that's a waste. Of time. By the way, people are we endear people well, ourselves true. to people. That's true. It's part of our charm. We're so stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's part of our charm, isn't <laughs> it? Really, yeah. You know, I'm wondering if the coronavirus. Again, yeah. this is completely speculative, yeah. but this is what I get paid to do, yeah. and that is, I wonder if it just sort of destroyed the common flu virus. I mean, essentially crowded it out in some yeah, way. It destroyed it, but it did. Y yeah. It, like they said at the beginning, they do believe that we got a, a certain type of resistance to it yeah. because of the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. And then okay. also all these other things that we did helped yeah. a whole bunch. And honestly, I don't mind wearing a mask, especially if I knew that I had some symptoms. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't people want to do that? I mean, I can't I have, imagine yeah. not having that kind of social awareness where you would at least say, yeah, I better, if I'm going to target today and i've got a runny nose and a yeah. little feel a little off maybe i should wear my mask honestly i i don't go into a store without putting a mask on yeah. now i mean and i i see that being something i'll do 
Yeah. Forever. Forever. I think so. Why not? <sighs> I mean, it's not a big deal. And especially when you have cool masks like I do. Yeah, you have really cool masks. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. There's the guy with the cool mask. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. On our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com. On Twitter and Instagram at KUCI FM. And on the web at KUCI.org. I have an uncle who, who, who tells the same joke like all the time. Yeah. He said, did you ever think you'd get to a point where you went into a, a bank and you could put on a mask yeah. and say, give me my money? Yeah. He's, that's his joke. I'm yeah. just, I'm, uh, you know, this is the this is the funny part. Nah. Yeah. That's some uncle. Yeah. Is, boy. is, that, the, is I mean, that the one that died recently? No, oh. he's still with us. Yeah. He's, only well, 90, <laughs> he's only 97. Let me tell you something. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah maybe he died. I'm From the Orange County Register, which is, you know, I have trouble reading that paper. I mean, sometimes they have good reporting, but other times it's such a, you know, uh, an advertising vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know? I still, th- I think th- the newspapers have winnowed down their their readership to a kind of a hardcore group. People uh-huh. read uh, old people. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> going to be nice, but yeah, older people, and that, and so they know what they want to hear. Uh-huh. I think there's a, they certainly steer stories in a, in a, towards a certain demographic. But Disneyland, you know, when's the last time you went to Disneyland? A thousand years ago. Yeah, I can't at least. remember. Yeah. Disneyland allows 22 rides where you can pay to skip the lines. Oh, yeah. Now, I call that Cinderella's cast system. Yeah, no Don't kidding. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really. I, you know, these poor people, they spent, you know, their whole year's yeah. <laughs> paycheck going to Disneyland. It yeah. costs a lot of money to go there anymore. And then people are just going, eh, let me walk ahead of you here. There was something democratic about standing in line. Yeah. Uh, Do you know it's over $100 for a ticket to get into Disneyland now? Oh, it doesn't surprise me at all. $100. Since some... I mean, that's... I mean, you have a It's Disneyland, though. Yeah, it's exactly. A launch date for the uh Genie app. So, did you want to say something? No, I just want to say I've hated Walt Disney since... Since since, he was frozen. Since he was cryogenically frozen. No, since the whole... Hippies took over Tom Sawyer's Island thing. And yeah. then finding out that he was ratting out people during the uh, House on American Activity yeah. stuff. I've hated him since then. Well, this system's called the Genie app, and it allows uh, this economically uh, discriminatory stuff to uh, happen real soon. Mm-hmm. The option charges 7 to $15 to jump in front of the line on most popular rides. You imagine you have a family of six or yeah. something. Yeah. And, you know, you, you said you haven't been to Disneyland? No, in years. Well, the seven rides yeah. Yeah, at Disneyland that will be affected, at least to start off. There's uh, one called, uh, I haven't heard of any of these before, Guardians of the Guano. What's, what is that? What I don't they? know. Yeah. Is that real? If you, admit, you didn't just make that up. Guardians of the Guano. And there's one called <laughs> Sin City. Okay. This okay. doesn't sound like Disney to me, but I know they've changed a lot lately. <laughs> and then there's something called the Regurgicoaster. <laughs> What? what? Yeah. <laughs> this is the one that really flummoxes me. Yeah. Bed sores around the world. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see that one. Yeah. 
I don't know I'm, if I want to be on one it. called Chasing the Gra Dragon <laughs> and Yellow Snowballs of Fury. I, I, I have no idea wow. what that would be. Wow, and then, of course, It's a Small World. <laughs> oh, my goodness. From Los Angeles Times. Did you ever play Palm Springs? Did you ever play golf in Palm Springs? I did. Yeah. I know you hate golf, and I do too now, you thanks did. to you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, thanks I did. I played PGA West, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah. My dad got a uh, one of those join our club. You can play. You play two rounds of golf for yeah. free, and then they give you a pitch to join. Yeah. And it was the worst <laughs> you know, forever. Forever. They give you a pitch to join. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Forever. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. When you move out there, it's forever. Change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. But uh, See the gym again. It was the worst round of golf I've ever played in my life. I, I'm not a good golfer, but I'm decent. Yeah. I shot. And for I'm people, not, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I shot. Really not it was, it was the most impossible golf course I've ever been. Twenty-six. You're really close. Yeah. I shot over 120. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. That's hard to do. <laughs> and it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. 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 Well, all those lush green golf courses set against the parched landscape of the Coachella Valley. You yeah, know, I know, there are about 120 golf courses. I know it's there. crazy. 120. You've been Many, right about golf. They're shoulder Nathan. to shoulder I know. across the desert. I know. And they have decorative ponds I and know. fountains and stream, streams. It's one of the highest concentrations of golf courses in the world. Yes. And they suck up a whole heck of a lot of water. Yes. The smaller courses use at least 700,000 gallons a night. That's just, so yeah. The big ones, a million gallons. <sighs> a million gallons of water every night. In many months of the year, it's too hot even to play golf, but they're still dropping a million gallons of water. And that's just one course. Yeah. So it's millions of gallons of water every night. Well, it's, if you're, yeah. you're a, million, a million gallons a day and there's hundreds of golf courses, what did you say? How 120. Many? So that's 100 million gallons. Well, yeah, around there. Yeah, right, right. Because I some mean, are smaller right, than right, a, right, a right. million, but. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's round it up. You were I, right. I, I try right. to conserve water. Yeah. You do too, but this is demoralizing right here to, yeah. to hear that kind of stuff. You'll hear public service announcements say, "Don't take, you know, take shorter showers." Right, we talked about it. Right, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, all that. But how is it? How is that even fair? No, you know? it's not. Yeah. Okay. Most Meanwhile, of most water usage in the state is, is agriculture, and I don't know if they consider golf courses agriculture, but yeah, yeah, that's what that's, most goes to ag. Yeah, and I understand that to some degree, as long as you're trying to save the ag is good. Where everybody is at least participating or somehow in eating, right? Know, it, no, that's it good. helps with something. But but golf is such a uh, a narrow little niche of yeah. generally fat, white, yeah. old, yeah. or you're or right. full of themselves executives who wear stupid clothing and waste their time. You're right. They're not doing anything. They're not. E it's not even a sport. No, you're right. It really isn't a sport. It's it's a skill. Anywho, a stupid skill. And I know there's a huge aquifer out there. Yes, there is. Beneath all this. Yes, yeah, I do know that. It's not like they're taking well. away the water that's under us. Or, but it's water. It's, yes. it's the state of California. Yes, yes. It's water in the state of California. And guess what? We're in the middle of a drought right now. A historic drought. Yeah. It's just frustrating as hell this is going on and people you wonder why i say we're doomed it's stuff like this I know. where I know. we just can't say you know what maybe maybe we ought to shut down about 80 percent of these 120 golf courses maybe people would be out of work but isn't there something else we can give people to do or 
and have jobs that actually will help with the drought rather than make it worse. And there aren't that many people who, who work at a golf course. Yeah. There aren't that many. You've got the groundskeepers. you got the guys at the starter that, that you know, yeah. sign you up and, and all that. And some guys on the driving range. There aren't that many people who work at a Well, there's all the outside, you know, the, they have to eat there. The restaurant and bar, yeah, 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 where all these guys get hammered and try to cheat on their wives. Yeah. Well, they can do that without the <laughs> Well, golf. that's what I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't need to play golf. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 But here's the other frustrating thing, too, is that they have uh, residential water bills in the Coachella Valley are based on a tiered pricing system that encourages conservation yeah. on the golf courses and ag, too. It's just flat rates. Yeah. I don't get it. I do. Yeah. There's something called the Monterey Agreement, and it's the, kind of the the uh, the plan for agriculture in the state of California. I'm not going to go into it, but there's yeah. a there was a an agreement signed by agriculture interests many not that long ago about water usage in the state of California. It's called the Monterey Plan, Monterey's Agreement, and it is it's a had a profound effect on on water usage in the state. I thought you were going to tell me about it. I can't. It was too long, and I'm not going to get into it. Look it up. Look You're it always up. yelling at me because I don't have all the facts, and well, I'm not going to try. You shouldn't to... start I'm, it. If no, <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, no, this is homework for for people listening to the to weekly. The Monterey segment. Agreement. The yes, look it up. It's well, we can just turn it around. Gavin, okay. get on this next week. Nix I will have the all the facts in, that you need to know about Nix the Monterey it, Agreement. Nix it, Gavin. Yeah, from Gizmodo, California will outlaw the sale of a, of new gas-powered lawnmowers leaf blowers and chainsaws as early as 2024 under a new law signed by Governor Gavin Newsom. The law requires all newly sold small motor equipment primarily used for landscaping to be zero emissions. In other words, battery operated or plug-in by 2024 or as soon as the California Air Resources Board uh, determines its feasibility for doing that. New portable gas-powered generators must also be zero emissions by 2028. The law also includes chainsaws, weed trimmers, and golf carts, golf carts, all of which create as much smog-causing pollution in California as light-duty passenger cars. You know that? I mean, these these things cause as much as us going on the freeways and byways and all that. It's amazing. Yeah. Reducing those emissions is pivotal to improving air quality and combating climate change. The state has set aside $30 million to help professional landscapers and gardeners make the transition to this. But they say yeah, that's not enough. The vice president of government relations for the National Association of Landscape Professionals said the zero emission commercial grade equipment landscapers use is also prohibitively prohibitively expensive and less efficient than the existing gas-powered leaf lawn, you know, uh, leaf blowers and all that, but it'll improve. Yes. These things, they take time. It doesn't suddenly get cheaper, and that's why we call it capitalism. I don't, I don't necessarily like the system completely, but there will be a lot of competition, hopefully. At least this won't be monopolized that soon, I hope. Right. This is the thing that this is hinting at this story and that is the longer that we wait to do real structural real systemic changes in the way that we live the more expensive it is going to become to fix what we're doing yeah now i got an idea how about a rake how about using a rake and yeah. getting more people to work a rake and a broom yeah yeah 
What's wrong with that? Yeah. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Otherwise, you you see these people with the leaf blowers. They're blowing the topsoil off the property. <laughs> they're blowing the mold around into the air. They're blowing all sorts of pollens in the air. If you wonder why you have a lot of allergies, is because people are creating these little windstorms every day next door to you and all around you. Yeah. Whether they're electric or gas, use a rake, use a broom. Jeez. How about drought-tolerant landscaping? Hey, there you really go. don't need what to do concept. all of this stuff. Yeah, the legislation was opposed by Republican lawmakers as well as some Democrats who expressed concern about residents in rural areas, especially when it comes to the state requirement that portable generators be zero emissions. And I, I uh, emissions, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. the, they should take the portable generators, if they are there for emergency purposes, yeah. uh, take that off the list. Yeah, I agree. From inside higher education, in a direct challenge to the hallowed tradition of tenure, Georgia's public university system will now let its college's administrations remove a tenured prof a professor with little or no faculty input. Oh, my God. The Board of Regents approved the new policy, which is the only one of its kind in the country. The move is being criticized by many professors, politicians, and advocates for academic free freedom as a threat to tenure, which is intended to protect faculty from dismissal without just cause, allowing them to develop thoughts or ideas that may be unpopular. Yeah. This is, sounds like something that David Horowitz would have concocted. David Horowitz is this guy who's been on the warpath with universities. Yeah. He's a right-winger. Look, I know there are tenured professors who abuse, have abused their positions. And yeah. that's, that's you know, I understand that. But this is just, the, sounds like a right-wing attempt to sort of uh, subvert any anything in a university they don't agree with. Well, it's a Betsy DeVos type of thing, There too. you go. There yeah. you go. From the journal Nature, when our sun enters its death throws in about five billion years, it will incinerate our planet and then dramatically collapse into a dead ember known as a white dwarf. Okay. That's where we're headed. Yeah. But the fate of more distant planets like Jupiter or Saturn is less clear. Last week, however, astronomers reported observing a preview of our solar system's afterlife, a Jupiter-sized planet orbiting a white dwarf some 65 hundred light years from here. Oh, it's right around the corner. Known as MOA 2010 BLG 477LB, the planet occupies a comparable orbit to Jupiter, so the fate of our solar system is likely to be similar to MOA 2010 BLG 477LBs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Our sun will become a white dwarf, the inner planets will be engulfed, and the wider orbit planets like Jupiter and Saturn will survive. The new discovery can yield insights about the search for extraterrestrial life and the potential habitability of white dwarf systems. Some life-bearing star systems might even experience a second genesis where new organisms emerge in the reconfigured fallout when they just have the white dwarf systems. So I'm wondering if we should be moving to Jupiter. Yeah. Five billion years from now. It's gassy there, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> From The Guardian, this is kind of spooky. Okay. The impact of an oil spill in the Red Sea from a tanker that is rotting in the water could be far wider than anticipated, with 8 million people losing access to running water and Yemen's Red Sea fishing stock destroyed within three weeks. 
Negotiations are underway to offload the estimated 1.1 million barrels of crude oil that remains on board the FSO Safer, which has been deteriorating by the month since it was abandoned in 2017. The vessel contains four times the amount of oil released by the Exxon Valdez in the Gulf of Alaska in 1989, and in the spill is considered increasingly probable. There's just all sorts of things that are going to happen over there. The oil will spread well beyond Yemen and cause environmental havoc affecting Saudi Arabia, Eritrea, and Djibouti. Three-way talks between Houthi rebels, the UN-recognized government of Yemen, and the UN have failed despite repeated warnings of the impact if the tanker explodes, breaks up, or starts leaking. And it could lead to the closure of Red Sea ports Hodeida and Salif within two weeks, threatening 200,000 tons of fuel for Yemen. It just has all these implications if they don't clean this up and they can't come to any agreement about it. I don't know if this fits the criteria, but increasingly we're seeing warfare, civil strife, violence around the world as a direct result of an environmental event, an environmental catastrophe. The war in Syria was prompted there were a lot of reasons why the civil war broke out yeah. but it what the the triggering event was that farmers were protesting a lack of water allocations for their farms and that set off yeah. the chain reaction that became what we know as the Syrian civil war around the world these kinds of events are becoming more and more and more a part of the reasons why we're fighting one another <sighs> Yeah, Mahler. Thank you for that, Mahler. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I feel better now. I feel a lot better. Thank yeah, you, Mahler. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one for you, though. Mercenary cops. This is from Vice. It's common for protesters opposing pipeline construction to face private security hired by companies, as they did during demonstrations against the Dakota Access Pipeline. But in Minnesota, a financial agreement with a foreign company has given public police forces an incentive to arrest demonstrators. The Canadian company Enbridge has reimbursed U.S. police $2.4 million for arresting and surveying hundreds of surveying hundreds of demonstrators who oppose construction of its L3 pipeline. Enbridge has paid for officer training, police surveillance of demonstrators, officers' wages, overtime benefits, meals, hotels, and equipment. Uh, they're placing, Enbridge is replacing the Line 3 pipeline through Minnesota to carry oil from Alberta to the tip of Lake Superior in Wisconsin, and it carries bitumen, which doubles the capacity of the original to 760,000 barrels a day. And it's going right through pristine wet wetlands, and they're paying the local police to beat on the heads of people who don't want that there. I don't know how far removed this is from, uh, remember our good friend Eric Prince? Yeah. And, and yeah. Blackwater. Yeah. You know, the idea of hiring ex-military, in the case of, of Eric Prince and Blackwater, yeah. we're now hiring, well, I guess still police, but hiring them for repurposing them to essentially intimidate active activists. And yeah. I feel like we're moving away from sort of government oversight into a realm where there is no oversight, right? In the in the case of Blackwater, when they attacked those people in Iraq, Iraq and they yeah. killed a bunch of people, 
George Bush, President Bush at the time said when he was asked, well, under whose authority are these people, these Blackwater employees? And he said he doesn't know. He didn't know because they weren't under any particular yeah. body that would have authority over their actions. Yeah. And increasingly, it feels like we're moving into that realm of people who are allowed to do quasi-police action and not be held accountable for yeah. what they do. Yeah, it's the crazy libertarians. It is. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and finally, from the gawker. Yeah. Remember Eric Clapton? <laughs> oh, I know where you're going. Huh? Uh, yeah, I do know Eric Clapton. He is God, according to some people back in the 60s when he was playing guitar, back huh? when he did that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He played in a lot of groups. He did. Huh? He played in, what, the Blues Breakers? Was yeah, it? he was yeah. John Mayall. He was there. Yardbirds. Yardbirds, yeah. yeah. And Korean. I saw him in the Yardbirds. Did you see him in the Yardbirds? Yeah, oh, wow. The Yardbirds. There were a lot of great guitar players. Yeah. Was Jeff Beck was in the Yardbirds. Peter Green. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy uh, Page. Page. Oh, that guy. Okay. Page, okay. yeah. Yeah. And uh, who else now? I think Peter Green was with the Blues Breakers. Derek and the Domino. Derek and the Domino. Yeah, he yeah. was. He, you were wrong. Blind Faith. I didn't want to bring no, that No, no, okay. Blind I know, I've corrected myself. Blind Faith. Blind Faith. Yeah. Cheer, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Cream. Cream. Cream, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. He was okay. I never liked him that much. I liked him enough. Yeah? I did. I thought he was a very good. There was a couple of solos that he, are amazing. But I always thought it was a bit overblown. Amazing. I don't know. Amazing. It was. It was amazing. Well, well, well for you don't. But I, for me, what it was. People, I remember this one guy came over to my house and he said, you know, put this one. He wanted me to find this one section of Eric Clapton's song where he was telling me that Eric Clapton played 78 notes in one second. <laughs> you know. Okay. And so. Okay. You know, I, and then, so I, I said, I tell you what, I'll put it on, on uh, 78. <laughs> so he plays. Yeah, so he plays, he plays like two thousand yeah, notes. Yeah, he plays, yeah, he plays, <laughs> plays, you know, almost twice as many notes. You know. Yeah. By the way, the the, the guitar solo on "Do What You Like" is one of my favorites. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, 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 you know, okay. It's right. not angular enough for me. Okay. He's just kind of like he's the, he's the blues guy. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. White guy playing the blues. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he went on an anti-vaccine diatribe. You hear about that? After he had yeah, a bad, that's he had a bad I, reaction yeah. to a shot. Okay. They gave him a shot. He, like the rest of us, maybe he had a little, you know, a runny nose or something, yeah. and he yeah. goes off. Yeah. And it probably was worse than a runny nose. But Eric, you know, buck up. It's not, like, it's not like the first time he's ever gotten a shot, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That was a cheap shot. Sorry. Uh, and he wrote an anti-vax song, too. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Okay. This has got to stop. That's his song. Well, that's stop. pretty much what's happened to your career. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> According to Google results for yeah. the search, how much money does Eric Clapton have? Eric Clapton, who again is vaccinated, he's vaccinated. Yeah. He has $450 million. His immense wealth, however, did not stop him from donating only $1,300 via a GoFundMe campaign to the UK based anti vax ban band jam for freedom <laughs> or as we like to call them covidiot when he shows up at a Trump rally yeah that's a very that's a curiously pathetic amount of money yeah to uh, for someone who claims to really care about freedom or uh, people expressing their freedom uh, by spreading the plague uh, who backs them he's given him $1,300 eh, mm. here you go mm. live it up yeah 
Clapton also offered Jam for Freedom the use of an old van for touring. However, it's not clear whether the old van is a vehicle or if it's Van Morrison. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Good, well yeah, done. Like yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, Mahler. That's a shout out right there. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.